Coming to you from the Black Swan Media Studios, this is Fireside Chats, talking to the real difference makers in the world. Now, here is your host, John Crump. Well, it is kind of early. We usually go live at 10 o'clock, but we've been changing it up for a little bit. For the month of August, at least, for the next couple weeks, we'll probably be changing it up and going a little bit earlier than our 10 o'clock start time, just because family and stuff like that. But I don't want to neglect doing this at all. So we are doing this right now. Uh, my name is John Crump. I'm the Virginia Director for Gun Owners of America. I am a writer for MLN.com, and I also have a book out, this book. Right here. All proceeds go to my niece who is battling uh, brain cancer. It's called DIPG. It's a very bad cancer. But we are going to get her through. We're going to fight right along with her. Um, yep. Uh, basically, all my Patreon, which you can hit me up at patreon.com slash John Crump. I uh, also have a PayPal, too, at paypal.me slash John CC and there's a GoFundMe if you go to crumpy.com uh, slash GoFundMe and you can always get the book at crumpy.com slash Giants. We are brought to you today by guncritic.com. Guncritic.com is a very unique thing and uh, we'll talk about that in a second and GunStreamer. You probably are familiar with GunStreamer but I want to get my guest in here before too long. Uh, he is known as the Pew Pew Jew, and I see Rich out there. Comments don't seem to be coming through, but Rich says that gun control is not kosher, and I'm pretty sure my guest will agree. And uh, he, his name is Yehuda. Yeah. The Pew Pew Jew. There we go. That, that works. He's a, gun he's a gun rights activist and also... Uh, he has some children's books about guns as well. I really want to get into that. But before we get into that, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show at such short notice. Um, and I wanted to see how you're doing. I mean, I live in Texas and, you know, um, fighting the good fight out here and just uh, trying to stay sane in an insane world. Yeah, they're trying to flip Texas. Oh, God, so badly. I heard that there's a lot of uh, ads going on out there. There is, and unfortunately, our governor, um, out of nowhere since Corona started, has become a absolute left-leaning uh, mindset with, with a lot of his actions, putting his clout behind members who are running for different, um, you know, different. Uh, Offices here, putting behind putting his cup behind uh, liberal-minded people instead of you know conservative mind mind. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward in twenty twenty. Uh, yes, uh, a couple different things. Uh, do you know Flying Rich? I I I can't say I do, and if he follows me on social media. And, and, probably, I, and I don't recognize him. I, I do apologize. He wants to know if you're the only Jew in Texas. He's also Jewish. Um, I, no, there's actually a bunch of Jewish communities throughout Texas. Houston, Dallas, San Antonio's got a pretty small one. But 
Houston and Dallas have some pretty big ones. Yeah, Flying Rich is a cool guy. He's from Florida. His name was Flying Rich, but uh, he's crashed three planes, so I think he should be known as Crashing Rich. <laughs> uh, and Beth Alcazar is out there. I don't know if you, if you know Beth or not. Yes, very well. I absolutely adore Beth. Beth is awesome. She's been on the show, and she says her kids love your book, and so and so, so do uh, so, so does she. Awesome. I love that. And a little bit. Uh, but uh, one thing that I want to know, are you familiar with Gun Critic at all? We got to do the ads. I'm not, actually. I'm not familiar you, with Gun Critic. Are you familiar with Gun Streamer? Yes. Gun, Gun Critic is the company that came in and purchased the majority of Gun Streamer to keep them afloat. Okay. Uh, Gun Critic is a really cool company. They're kind of like Rotten Tomatoes, if you're familiar with movies, where they do yeah. like an aggregate score. And that's kind of what they do at Gun Critic. They take an aggregate score of all the opinions on a firearm, and they put it up there. So you're not getting opinions from a, a single point of contact. You're getting opinions from not only writers like me, but you're getting opinions from the average everyday folks that just go out and shoot. That's very interesting, actually. I'm, I'm definitely going to check them out. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Gun Critic. Yeah. So check them out, everyone. You can see a little stream streaming at the bottom. Um, so I want to get into your books really quick because I've been going through them. I was not aware that you have them out, and uh, they are really, really cool. Um, and one is um, edited by Jackie Billings, who is an editor at Guns.com, I believe. Uh, yeah, uh, Jackie. When my first book came out uh, in 2017, uh, January of 2017, it, it's called uh, Safety On. And it's an introduction to the world of firearms for children. And yeah, that's the one. And uh, I didn't know anybody in the industry. I mean, I literally came out of nowhere. Uh, really, no one. And um, I started trying to do research on, on who I can reach out to. And I went to guns.com because I've been following them for a while. So I started doing research a little into the writers, like who would be a good writer to reach out to. And I saw Jackie's name and, um, and, uh, I, you know, I started following her on social media and I realized she had kids. So I immediately reached out to her and was like, Hey, I wrote a children's book on firearm safety. Do you want to review it for me? And she was like, yeah, let's do it. And we just struck up a very close friendship to the point where uh, she is now my editor. She's done one, uh, two books. One book is uh, published. The other one I'm trying to find funding for. But uh, she is she's awesome. Um, I talk to her a lot, and she's got a very special place in my heart. Now you wrote the books, but did you also uh, illustrate them, or did you get an illustrator? Oh, I, I 100% uh, got an illustrator. I, I can't even draw a proper stick figure without ruining that. 
So um, I, I found the illustrator, and he is fantastic. Yeah, that, that is awesome. Uh, the book is um, awesome. Yes, uh, let me just handle this. Chris, I've been looking for your message, and I, I, I was afraid that I missed it. Don't worry, I have your patch pulled out. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, yeah, just hit me up. Uh, when you move, if you if you want the patch after you move or not, uh, for everyone out there, if you do a five dollar super chat, uh, you can get a really cool patch. Uh, I got a whole thing. Hold on, let me just grab one really quick. <laughs> And I'll get you one. You know, you don't even have to do it. Right there. It says no quarter for tyrants. The Virginia logo is, uh, the Virginia motto is six semper tyrants, which means uh, that's always the tyrants. And that's basically pirate heart for six, six semper tyrants. With a little uh, Blackbeard uh, logo on there. That's awesome. With some other stuff. And we have one left for $10 Super Chat. Or also, um, you can also do, uh, I must have hit something, it's weird. Uh, or you can also do um, a Patreon. Uh, you can get this one. I have one gold and black GOA, shut up again, French, 2020 patch left. So yeah, and all funds go to my niece, who is battling DIPG. So what... Let me get back into the books. I'm really curious about this. What made you decide to do books? So I've always been very interested in creative writing for years. My parents took away the TV when I was five. I'm 36 now. So I didn't grow up watching TV. Um, I became a very, very uh, ardent reader um, at a very young age. Reading, uh, by the time I was in high school, I was reading between a thousand to 2000 pages a week. So I, I just huge reader, loved writing, loved using my imagination. And when I got married, it took me a couple of years, but I convinced my wife to let me buy my first handgun. Uh, it was a Glock 19. And even though I was married out of the house with two kids, I kind of kept it. The fact that I had a gun for my parents because I didn't want that Jewish mom's guilt hanging over my head so uh one 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 night um we were by my parents for dinner and my younger brother was like hey Yuda, when can we go shoot your glock and my parents went absolutely ballistic i mean we're talking about full-on chernobyl and kind of dawned on me if i'm going to own a firearm obviously there's a lot of responsibilities where's the best place to educate my children. So I went to the NRA's website. I found the Eddie Eagle program. But as I was going through it and, you know, kind of learning about everything, I realized I'm like, wait, there's so much more to gun safety besides run away, uh, you know, don't touch, run away, tell a grown up, right? So, uh, so much more. And I, from there, I went to Amazon. I was like, okay, I'm just going to buy a book so I can read it to my children. And I, again, I was shocked to find that there were no books designed specifically for kids to read themselves about firearm safety 
So I, I one night I took out my cell phone and on my uh, Apple Notes typed up the entire manuscript for the book. And I sent it to a buddy of mine in the LAPD. And uh, I'm from Los Angeles originally, T Texas now, but at the time I was in the LA. Um, I'm sorry? I said, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, well, no, I'm, I'm, I, I try not to talk about that so much <laughs> anymore. Um, but yeah, so he, he sent me back like a day later, just like this ex expansion of my book with constructive criticism and educational points and I guess proper lingo, verbiage, whatever you want to call it, of uh, firearms ownership and firearm safety. Because again, I was just a, a went to the range once in a blue moon type of guy, but um, he really cut it down for me. And he lit the fire under me to get this book published. He said, hey, there's nothing like this. You need to get it published. And over the years, I just it took me five years to get my first book published. But I, have, I didn't give up, um, although there were many times that I wanted to. And um, that's how I got into writing children's books. That is a very interesting. Uh, uh, I think it's very good because you're right. There isn't any. And that's not the only children book that you have written. Right. Um, you, you wrote uh, the one I really like is, um, and I think more for uh, the new shooter as well. I'm going to put it up on the screen here. Is one called the uh, ABC of Guns, <laughs> which yeah. I think is freaking phenomenal. So. ABCs of Guns was actually really interesting because I was – what happens, you know, we, we, we preach uh, firearm safety to little children. But let's say you find a, a four-year-old, a five-year-old holding a handgun and you and you yell at him. You know, he's kind of waving it around and you're like – you know, before you get a chance to grab it because he might be flagging you a little. You know, you you're like, take your finger off the trigger. Well – doesn't a child have to know what a trigger is in order for him to take his finger off the trigger? So it kind of dawned on me, you know, let's have a good time by a teaching components of firearms to children so that they understand what, you know, what everything is. But also as a parent with two little kids, I was kind of sick and tired of, you know, A's for Apple, X's for xylophone. So I kind of set out to do a fun fun ABC book for patriots and gun lovers um, to, in order to, uh, you know, educate their children. But yeah, I mean, I, I really like it. And uh, like I said, I think it goes way beyond children's stuff. Cause there's a lot in here that, I, that a lot of adults, maybe the people not watching this show, most of them probably know most of the stuff, but outside, I think there's a lot of people that, would actually do good. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been told numerous times I need to send a copy of my this book to CNN with uh, you know little sticky notes on M is for magazine and C is for clips so they can uh, get the right understanding. Yeah, I'll buy that for a dollar. That means someone just gave us a super chat, and that would be Flying Rich, who got a book, and yes, I will sign it. I'll bring it, and I will sign it, uh, and some of the people who are in the book will actually be there, so there you go. 
Yeah, uh, I I love your books. I mean, I'm I'm gonna buy them for my kids actually. <laughs> uh, so, are, are if, do you have any other books coming out? I mean, I know you have one that's um, uh, this uh, that one looks like it was founded uh, funded by Second Amendment Foundation. Yes, the Second Amendment Foundation did fund that one. Um, Alan Gottlieb and his son Andrew, at very early on, probably about two months, two and a half months after my book came out, I met them at the USCCA, um, the USCCA Expo here in Dallas, and they immediately were loved what I was doing. They took me under their wing. They really introduced me to a lot of people, so that when the ABCs of guns, when I needed to actually get that made, um, I actually approached them and said, hey, would you guys like to get a, a lifetime ad in a book that's never been done before? You know, it'll cost this much. Would you like to sponsor the book? And they were all for it, um, absolutely all for it. So they were great. Um, 27 words I'm incredibly proud of. Yeah, that's why I'm bringing this one up. I really, really like this one as well. Because that, that one is, you know, we, we take our kids shooting, we teach them to shoot. But at the end of the day, the reason why we teach them to shoot is because of the Second Amendment, which is 27 words. And without the 27 words of the Second Amendment, they're not going to be able, you know, we can teach them as much as they want to be John Wick. But if they can't appreciate the freedoms we have, then, you know, what's the point? So that's why I wrote 27 words, and I had two really amazing sponsors. Um, I know you just passed it, but, you know, the Firearms Policy Coalition, uh, uh, Brandon Combs there, he also um, absolutely loved what my mission was, trying to educate children. And he, you know, he hooked me up with his organization. And then um, the other one, Tim Knight, is a a one of the very good people in our country today yeah uh, tim tim's actually been on the show yeah so tim tim is i'm really close with tim and um so they they did this and yeah and then uh i, I do have the safety on book i did convert to a coloring book as well so that yeah. so that kids can actually visualize the the ideas of gun safety yeah. uh, right. internalize it and then i know one book i actually did not send you because i it's hard to get it in a pdf form is where is it there we go 105 explosive gun jokes 105 explosive gun jokes yeah and this is a book that is just a, a good me um, and there's a, there's a podcast, a live show every Saturday night called Tundra Tactical or Tundra Nation now. And the guy who started it is this guy, Tyler Lindley. And I became close with him and his, his uh, show, show, I guess, show writer, um, this guy, Eric Jazerski. And Eric and I were talking. I'm like, hey, man, listen, you are the most bland boring sounding guy i've ever met in my life but you are the funniest person i've ever met in my life and i was like let's write a joke book together so we wrote 
this book, um, it's like you're all, I mean, I think I have like one and a half or two stars on Amazon with that book. And people are like, it's a horrible, these jokes aren't funny. I'm like, literally the, the description on Amazon is like your ultimate corny dad joke book, right? So like, if you're going into it thinking that this is going to be like a Dave Chappelle skit, it's not. You're supposed to sit there and read these books and cringe. Like, it's supposed to be to drive dad, you crazy. So they're dad uh, jokes. Yeah, they're, they're the ultimate dad jokes on firearms. Yeah, I have a couple friends that I used to work with back in the day, like 20 years ago. And there was like four of us. We all had the same sense of humor, which no one else ever got. And would be in a meeting and one of us would say something. I used to work with them. And all four of us would just start cracking up laughing. There'd be like 50 people in this meeting. And they'd all be looking like, well, who said something funny? <laughs> it was a weird sense of humor. Like we drove by a CarMax and my friend, one of my friends who has the roots and so humor looked and he goes, they must have a lot of employees over there talking about like all the cars that they have. Like they're like the whole employees cars. And yeah. we all thought it was hilarious. And the people that are with us were on a bus going to a baseball game um, for work. And they're all like looking at us and we're all rolling. So I, I get the, I, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's awesome. And then, um, so those are the five firearms books I have. I do have one that is a political book that I wrote when I was writing for Ben Shapiro years ago. I, used to um, write for I did. I grew up with Ben. I've known Ben for over 30 years and we grew up together. And before he, he started the daily wire, he had another website called truth revolt. And I was one of the, I guess I want to call it the, I don't want to say a founding member, but I was one of the first like four or five people he hired there originally to do video editing and helping other writers, but kind of morphed into me writing one piece a week and then two pieces a week and then three pieces a day for uh, Truth Revolt. And I wrote another book called 10 Little Liberals. And it's a pretty brutal takedown of the liberal mentality when they meet conservative minds. Like, what happens when liberals meet conservative ideas? So um, I don't push that one so much anymore. You can get it on Amazon. Um, I'm very proud of that book. But because my focus has gone from politics as a whole, specifically to two-way advocacy, um, you know, the Second Amendment is for everyone. Um, so I'm not going to shy away from the fact that I wrote that book. But it's just something that I don't push so much at the moment. Yeah, so uh, you say you know Ben. Uh, ben Shapiro, um, I don't know him. I've always wanted to meet him because uh, we don't agree on everything, but we do agree that he's a freaking insanely talented debater. I, he I will tear you up. Yes, I, I will tell you. Um, he is hands down the smartest person I've ever met in my life um, by, by leaps and bounds. I mean, and it's because of his memory and the way he can just retain information and then regurgitate the facts on cue. Um, but at the same time, and this is something that a, a lot of people don't know unless they know the behind the scenes, he is super, super humble 
and incredibly down to earth. Yeah, I, I, know, I get that feeling. You know, I, I know a lot of people don't because they see him debating and, and he's he's all in your face and, and quick really? talk. And he talks very quickly and he, he just kind of could be sarcastic in his answers when debating people. But at the end of the day, the guy has a heart of gold and uh, just incredibly humble. Yeah, there is a video on YouTube by uh, a YouTuber named Freedom Tunes, who does okay. a bunch of like funny cartoons with uh, like a conservative spin on it. And he did uh, Ben Shapiro's family at Thanksgiving. <laughs> and they're just arguing about like, they all sound like they're all talking really fast. And they're arguing about like every little thing about, you know, the potatoes and the turkey and cranberries. I mean, I, I have to check that out because I, I like I said, I, I know, not only do I know Ben, I know Ben's parents well. I know Ben's siblings. So I, I got to check that out. That, I didn't know they did that. I, I'm familiar with Freedom Tunes, but I got to go check that out. Yeah, uh, maybe I'm going to pull it up here. Uh, why not? Because I think it's, I think it would be worth it. Thanksgiving. Uh, here it is, Freedom Tunes. Freedom uh, Tunes. All right, it's only, in, uh, like, it's less than two minutes long, so might as well, right? <laughs> Do you talk fast always? Is yes. it like you're born this way? Is yeah, this like everyone, in my family, everyone in my family talks this Your way. Family. This is awesome. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay, folks, who made these cranberries? Honestly, these are the worst cranberries I've ever tasted. I made them, and it's actually extremely impolite for you to insult my cooking on Thanksgiving, okay, folks? Our taste buds don't care about your feelings, okay? Okay, gang, well, if you want to make your own cranberries, feel free, but you're not entitled to free food, and the idea that you would complain over quality of service when you're receiving it for free is just ridiculous, okay? Okay, can somebody please pass the mashed potatoes, folks? Actually, these are my mashed potatoes, okay? I made them myself, and they're therefore the product of my own labor. And the idea, and the idea, and the idea that you feel it's acceptable to put a gun to my head and force me not only to give you the mashed potatoes, but to actually have me pass them to you as well is absolutely asinine, okay? Okay, well, that would be a solid argument if not for the fact that you're eating asparagus, which I made, okay? Ben, how could you seriously not pass the mashed potatoes after taking her asparagus? Is it my fault she gave it away for free and lost all leverage? I'm trying to teach my child how to compete and succeed within the free market, okay, folks? Good, good guy, guy, folks. I didn't realize I was surrounded by communists. I have the mashed potatoes. And asparagus, because I make good decisions. Okay, folks? Honestly, Ben, you're the last person to get smart with me, considering you're the only one in the family to be born with an IQ lower than 300. Okay, well, you know what, Auntie? Believe it or not, some people consider an IQ of 215 to be relatively impressive. All right, folks? Sorry I'm late, folks. I had more important things to take care of. I'm actually a doctor. She's a doctor, folks. This wife's a doctor, She's folks. She's a doctor, My folks. wife's a doctor. Did you bring the turkey? Gobble, gobble. Socialism works. <laughs> Right. Hey folks, thank you so much for watching. And Ben Shapiro, if you end up watching this, please understand. That is, uh, and basically they say they're a huge fan of Ben Shapiro. Yeah, no, I, I have no doubts that they're a fan of Ben Shapiro. That's that's actually nothing oh. like nothing like his family, but I mean, it is still absolutely hilarious. That is that. Yeah, I mean it's. It, it's uh, Freedom Tunes is one of my guilty pleasures, I, I would say. Because <laughs> they're just so funny. I see Ghost Tactical out there. You, do you know Ghost Tactical? I know Trey very well. I've been on his show a bunch of times. Yeah, Trey is good. Uh, you also do an Instagram show. 
or you do Instagram. Um, I, I, you know, if uh, I find that I, if I find that there's something important that I want to talk about, or uh, I feel that there's a guest that I I want my followers to meet, um, I will do it. I don't necessarily have a set date or a set day for shows. Um, I might go three weeks without going on one, then I'll do five in a day, you know, like five back, like five days in a row. I'm sorry. But, um, I do that. I do have a, a actual, uh, podcast coming out with a friend of mine named Jester's Tactical. He's based in Canada. So it's, it's really fun because you get a Canadian who has his rights being stripped away daily. Uh, and then you have, Probably one of the only, if not the only, Orthodox Jew in the two-way advocacy world doing a, a – hopefully it's going to be a daily show. Um, think – You're going to do a daily? So we're, what, what, our, what our main – what our hope is going to be is that we're going to be doing a variety-type show based around firearms. And it's going to be – think like the SNL weekend update type of thing. Oh, okay. But no, it, it it's going to be a lot of fun. We have a lot of different things in the works. Uh, we will be, you know, we will have guests on talking to them, and it's just going to be a, you know, and I'm sure you know this, John. Is our industry takes themselves way too seriously? Um, yeah. It, it. But then you it, have people like me that does a show with a uh, Funko Pop X-Men on his shirt. Right. Exactly. And yeah. and. Hey, here I am, an Orthodox shoe, Orthodox shoe, Orthodox Jew, wearing a T-shirt that says "Gun Control is not kosher," with a pig on it, right? So, our our industry takes themselves way too seriously, and it's something that drives me crazy. That's why when whenever anyone asks me what my favorite gun company is, I straight up without hesitation say High Point, and I love High Point because they are the only firearms company in the country probably in the world that knows where they stand in the industry and they love it and they roll with it they and they own, they own it. Exactly. They own it and you can make fun of them and they just throw it right back at you. They're not afraid of that. And that's why I love high point because they're just so much fun to deal with. They made a gun that's Cerakoted in, in hundred dollar bills. I saw that. Yeah, and they, they do all sorts of crazy. I, I like high points. They're freaking indestructible for one thing. Well, well, right. So that's another thing, right? Like they know their place in the industry. They know where they stand. Their guns work. They're indestructible, and there's people who buy them because they're incredibly affordable. Now the yeah. que the question is though, in my joke book, for example, I have a joke with a picture in it. Why does the Navy love high points? And answer because they double as anchors yeah now, they're very very heavy and they're i went to shot, i went to shot show last year i took a photo of the joke in my joke book with at in the high point booth and i tagged them on instagram not only did they follow me they reposted it and then made fun of me and i'm like that's why i love high point because they they roll with the punches and they have a good time with it. They're the Wendy's of the gun industry. 
I don't know if you get that reference or not. Uh, I from are you talking about the, the restaurant? Yeah, if you ever attack them on social media, they'll come right back at you. With, oh, like, they're, they're brutal. I know they're brutal, and I, uh, they, I love it. Oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're awesome. Um, I, there's a few companies that are great out there, and Wendy's is definitely one of those companies that just they own everything, and they have no problem throwing it right back at you. Yeah, uh, and a lot of people now just attack them to get attacked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I like companies that do that. It's it's creative and it's not taking yourself too seriously. Uh, I I think you get more positive press if you you have self deprecating humor. Because, you know, if, if you're out there saying all oh, our guns are, are the greatest, no one can touch them, they're not bad. And if someone comes along and say, oh, they're ugly or whatnot, then you, it puts you in a situation. But if you're like, our guns are ugly, if critics that come along and they're going to be like, uh, well, we can't say that because they already said it. Well, well exactly. It, you know, it's funny. I Having a brand called the Pew Pew Jew, obviously uh, you can imagine the type of anti-Semitic uh, comments I get, and I will tell you they're brutal. Um, but if I happen to respond to one of these uh, anti-Semitic uh, messages, I always do it in a very joking manner. You just, you own it. You know, you just, you own it, and the minute you try defending it is when they win. But if you can just own it and roll with the punches, people are respecting you, I believe, a lot more. Well, uh, you probably get, get a lot of the uh, anti-Jew comments on this, not because that's my crowd. Is I made fun of Grandmaster Jay, and now all these, like, Nation of Islam people are sending me messages, so... Oh yeah, I I get that a lot too. Uh, the the big thing right now that I've been getting a lot of I was I was told I'm not a real Jew. Why? Um, oh, because I I'm Jewish. The, the ish. I it was from one of these black Hebrew Israelites. Oh. Um, so I was told I'm not a real Jew. Uh, I'm Jewish. And then they went on to proceed to tell me that Jesus is the real Lord and stuff like that. And I'm like, you can believe that, but as a Jew, we don't believe that. So the fact that you're using Jesus to prove your point kind of cancels out any defense you have of being a real Jew. So, no, I, I get all that kind of stuff daily. That, that, that's sad. Um, that's that's really sad. Uh, the Jewish people have been through a lot. Um, and I had somebody on from Juiced for the preservation of firearm rights or whatever. Firearms ownership, yeah. Firearms ownership, that's what it is. And uh, they, they brought up a point that, you know, the Jewish people should have a reason why uh, they believe in the Second Amendment um, more than any other community out there. 
Man, I, I've heard that. Yeah, I mean, I talk about this. God, I can't even begin to tell you how. That, that's probably the most common question I'm asked as someone who's in the forefront of 2A advocacy uh, is why are Jews so anti-gun? And my my thought behind that is, you know, if you go, we have to take just a small step back into history. You know, you have the 19, call it 30, uh, sorry, the 1800s, and you have Cossacks and pogroms and um, all in all these cities in Europe. And what happens is, is you have something called shtetls. Shtetls are little pockets of uh, a kind of a – in a bigger city, it's like a pocket of Jews where all the Jews live, right? They were called shtetls. The problem is if you had someone come in, let's say a Cossack would come in and, and kill somebody. If the Jews defended themselves and killed the Cossack, then you would have a hundredfold and you know more deaths in the Jews would happen. So a lot of the people, a lot of the Jews in Europe would just kind of keep their heads in the sand and whatever happens, happens. You know, if one of us die, it's just it's the way it is, and that's gonna happen. Then you fast forward to the Holocaust, obviously. I don't have to tell you what happened there. And then after that, you have all these Jews who've just been through hell for hundreds of years in Europe, and now they're moving to America, and they don't want to get involved with anything. They literally want to just keep their heads in the sand. Um, they America is the land of the free. It's not like Europe, so we're not going to do anything. We're just going to keep, you know, keep our heads down and and not worry about anything. And then, obviously, over time, you have assimilation and you have you know, a lot of Jews becoming a lot more left-leaning. And then from there, uh, you know, they just tend to be anti-gun. Um, that doesn't mean all, you know, I'm not talking about a blanket statement. There's a lot of Orthodox Jews out there who are pro-gun, just don't want to have anything to do with them. There are a lot of Orthodox Jews that are anti-gun. Then you have, you know, some Jews who are not Orthodox, who are either Reformed or Conservative, but they're pro-gun, and then you have a lot of them also that are anti-gun. So um, that's what I, I think it is. It's just a matter of being conditioned over the years that if you try to defend yourself, you'll get you know a greater reaction, so it's just not worth it. Yeah. Uh, one of the things, talking about like the Jewish people and stuff, uh, my wife is a Euro. I say a Euro. She's Italian you know, from Italy. So we have spent a lot of time in Europe. Not in not just in Italy, but like all over Europe, um, traveling on vacation. You know, we go to Greece, so wherever you know, Austria, wherever. And what a lot of people don't realize is that um, I'm I'm not sure if you've been to Europe or not, but anti-Semitism in Europe is alive and well. Yep, and people don't realize that. Uh, there seems to be more of acceptance of the Jewish population in the U.S. than a lot of places in Europe. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, Jews are safer in America. I've been seeing a lot of articles, though, over the last eight, nine months of, um, is America really the safest place for the Jews anymore? I'm like, yes, yes, it is. Um, I feel safer. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Definitely. Okay. Maybe maybe you want to talk about should we move to Israel because you know Jewish homeland and and but, but you know at the same time gun laws in Israel suck royally. I mean they're they're horrible laws. Uh, so 
look, I, I carry a gun everywhere I go in Texas, right? Um, when I when I travel around Texas, I have a backpack that has a very fun toy in it that if I have to shoot my way out, I a have more than – I'm sorry? A bag of doom. A bag of doom, right, exactly. You know, I, I have that in my – you know, that I carry around. So it's just a matter of like – you know, there was that hashtag going around a bunch of months ago, hashtag why I carry. Now, I'm not going to say that there's no anti-Semitism in America. There, it, it, in the last bunch of months, man, it's been rearing its head like crazy, especially when you have people like Rashida Tlaib and Omar, you know, Alan yeah. Omar and um, all these. And also, I mean, look at look at the Democratic Party now. It's just. Yeah, it's coming from the left wing. It's yeah. The Democrats. And I don't think that gets brought up a lot. Uh, that you know, you have like Rashida Tlaib and, and Omar. Like some of the stuff that she's tweeted out is, I mean, if if Trump tweeted some of the stuff out, he would get crucified. Yeah. So it's just one of those things that you know, uh, with with all that going on, um, I've had people tell me I should stop walking around with my yarmulke um, in Texas, and I'm like, I'm not I'm not, you know. Hiding. I'm not hiding. I mean, someone wants to confront me. Hashtag why I carry. It's it's literally that simple. I feel my life is in imminent danger, or my family's life, or if someone comes to my synagogue, I'm ready. Now I hope it doesn't come to that, but at the end of the day, you know, it's still safer in America than it is in Europe. Yeah, it is, and I don't think a lot of people will realize that. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the media. Yeah, uh, but don't don't forget, uh, Jews own the media, so you know they push. Uh... No, I'm, oh, I'm kidding. That old trope conspiracy theory. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, trust me, I'm, I'm not. I am not a conspiracy theorist by any means. But no, you know, uh, yeah, the media pushes a a pushes. I mean. That's what it is. The media just wants the ratings, and they don't care about who gets hurt in the process. Yeah, it it it, it really is. Um, what I can't figure out talking about the conspiracy theories. Why why are there so many conspiracy theories about the Jewish people? And like you guys have like these meetings every Tuesday on Zoom to determine how to run the world. You know. I don't know. I don't understand how they think this works. How do yeah. it work? Look, I'm, I'll say this, and this, God, this always gets me in hot water. But I, I, it is what it is. With any religion, with any um, race, I really don't care what it is. With any group of people, you have good ones and bad ones. Am I going to say that they're not? Jews out there. I mean, look, Harvey Weinstein. I believe he's a Jew. Yeah, the guy's a scumbag and deserves to rot in hell for the rest of his life, and oh, and and beyond. But, but now, he's not. He's not. He's not that way because he's Jewish. Exactly. He's, exactly. <laughs> and and that's the problem. Is if if a Jew does something bad. Or if he happens, yeah, if a Jew does something wrong, bad, whatever you want to call it, all Jews are bad. All Jews are bad. They one one bad Jew represents the entire Jewish race or ethnicity, whatever you want to call it, religion, right? But at the end of the day, 
it's like that with any anybody. Not all cops are bad. Not all African Americans are criminals. I mean, it, it's it, it's it's ridiculous that we judge a group based on the actions of individuals. Yeah, it, it is, but I mean, it's a world that we live in. Um, basically, they judge groups on the act of individuals unless it seems like they're part of the group they want to push. Like, mostly peaceful protests that burn down a, like a, a police precinct. Exactly. Mostly peaceful protest is tearing up uh, Portland. <laughs> you yeah. know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I did, did you see that that post by the Babylon Bee, the one that said um, uh, orcs gather at Minas Tirith for a uh, all that for a peaceful protest, a mostly peaceful protest? Yeah, I, I think uh, Babylon Bee is one of the funniest newspapers out there. Oh, they they are the first thing I read for news every morning is the Babylon Bee. Yeah, the a- Babylon. The, the CNN attacked the Babylon Bee for 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 uh, uh, spreading false news. <laughs> then then uh, they they printed. Then they did a screenshot of their logo. This is Babylon Bee, the best false news or whatever. Oh man, they Babylon Bee is just they're awesome. Yeah, uh, they are the onion for. If you don't know what the Babylon Bee is, the Babylon Bee is the onion. But with a right wing spin on it instead of a left wing spin. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, they they make they they just make fun of everybody. I mean, they even make fun of Trump constantly. But it's funny, you know what I'm saying? It, they they just they hit it on the nail every post. Yeah. So a bunch of people are like, they should be shut down because they're spreading false news. It's like 99 percent of the people that share their stories know that it's satire exactly it's like we lost this whole notion of satire can go either way yeah and like i said earlier with high point right i I think our country has lost the notion that you can make fun of buddy somebody without being mean it's humor it's humor yeah oh my god get this uh, Rich just posted something that says, follow the Babylon Bee on, on IG and YouTube. I had to approve it because it blocked it for, for uh, fake news. Oh, my God. That's, that's insane. That's wild. Wow. So YouTube, if, if you type Babylon B in a comment, it will hold the comment. <laughs> that's freaking insane. Oh, that's... Oh, man. Yeah, so that's not going to show up over here, but Rich said follow Babylon B on IG, and that's one of the sites I do follow because it is hilarious, but I just can't believe that they uh, YouTube blocked that. <laughs> well, there you go. There is a lot of um, a, a lot of false fact checking going on. Oh yeah, a lot, a lot of that, and a lot of 
shutting down free speech going on. Yeah, uh, Snopes, for example. Snopes used to be like the best fact-checking site out there. Uh, and ever since like 2016, they block certain things. Like they block something. And it was like, even though the picture is true, it was like a label on a, on the side of a mask or something like that. Right. Uh, you know, even though that the, it, this is what the label does say, we disagree with what they wrote. And it's just like, what? No, no, no. You should say, yes, this is true. This is what the label says. <laughs> Not give your personal dissertation on why you disagree with what was said. So you're going to mark it false. Right. Or like someone said something and they said, they said it, but they misspoke. So we're marking it false. It's like, <laughs> no, uh, I, I want a fact checker, checker that checks facts. No yeah. subtle and you check the fact. If the fact is true, okay. If the, and, and no, well, they said it, but you know, they, this is what they probably actually meant. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's not you're, what they said. Yeah, you're not there to try to interpret what they say. You're exactly. there to say yes or no. So my interpretation of what they what they were what they meant is definitely going to be different from them because I lean more to the right. I'm more of a libertarian, and then more of a, a progressive. Right. And, I think there's a lot of covering up for people, like even the Moms Demand Action people, there's a lot of covering up for them going on on these sites. Yeah. yeah. Moms Demand Action is constantly pushing false narratives and no one is fact-checking them. Yeah, exactly. One of the things uh, that really pissed me off is, I don't, I don't know why I got me so upset, but... Uh, were you at the two-way rally in D.C. last year? I was invited to speak. Unfortunately, it was on Saturday, so my Sabbath. Sabbath, yeah. Well, I was there. And Shannon Watts, head of Moms Man Action, tweeted out that the rally in D.C. looked like a white supremacist rally. I remember that. The majority of the people that spoke were people of color or women. Yep. Majority white men were in the minority of speakers. So if that was a racist rally, you know, if that was a racist rally, then the people there were the shittiest racists ever. <laughs> yeah. They try to claim that lobby day in Virginia were 20,000 plus people, that tens of thousands of people took to the streets with their ARs and every other gun under the sun, including a 50 cal Barrett, where there's no violence, it's peaceful and everything and it's actually cleaner than when we all got there. They claimed that was a a white a white power rally. And if you you know, and there was uh, people from all races watching color. There was a gay flag with the Gadsden rattlesnake on there. I remember that. And there was no Confederate flags. There was nothing like that. And yet they claimed it. Um, 
on the 12th, I have the president of Black Lives Matter 757. He's going to come on and he's going to speak to that because he was there and he, and, and he was asked, do you feel threatened being here? And he's like, absolutely not. He's like, everyone here has been nice to me. I have a Black Lives Matter shirt on and no one's, you know, tried to harass me. No one's tried to argue with me. Everyone's been very nice to me. I don't feel threatened at all. And in fact, that changes his mind so much, he's held two-way rallies. And on the 15th, there is a Black Lives Matter. Uh, the Black Lives Matter in Virginia is a little bit different from like the national movement. It's not as Marxist, Marxist as the the national organization. They actually have like no ties to the national organization now because they're uh, they came out against Antifa and uh, they came out as pro two A. So they have so they're, so they're kind of aligning a little more with the Maj Teray mindset. Yeah, Maj is actually going to speak at their rally. And uh, the Boog Boys are going to be there. The Boogaloo Boys. Oh, are they? Are going to be there, yeah. Uh, the Richmond mayor, after the whole riot thing happened in, in, um, in Richmond, they, they, they posted some pictures of the Boog Boys there. So the Boog Boys there were there to confront Black Lives Matter. And after Black Lives Matter left, that they caused all this destruction. And uh, Black Lives Matter sent out a Instagram and Twitter and Facebook thing that says, this is a total lie. They weren't there in opposition with us. They were there to stand in solidarity with us. And they had nothing to do with any riots. And that was Antifa. And then... yeah. So, Antifa got all mad at them for beeping with them. Now it's it's a it's a big mess. It is. It's going to be very interesting to see the rest of 2020 and how everything pans out. How do you think it's going to pan out for gun rights? Um. Well, if Trump wins, uh, I think we're going to see riots that we've never seen before. Uh, the riots we've seen so far. Uh, will be nothing compared to what we will see. If, which will obviously just end up hurting, you know, uh, if you're looking for ammo or more guns, I mean, it will, if you think it's bad now, it'll be not, absolutely nothing uh, left, zero. Um, and then for, if Biden wins, um I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist or paranoid, but if Biden wins, I mean, I I, I can see us headed to a actual civil war. Uh, I know that might sound crazy, but, you it, know. It crazy about a year ago, but now. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, because if you think about it, you know, I mean, he's, he Biden's already talked about, yeah, you know, defund police and stuff like that. And, and. What are you going to do if you have the president of the United States letting people run amok around the entire country? I mean, it will get to the point where, uh, you know, I posted something on Instagram yesterday. It's, it's going to get to that point where 
good and dangerous men will it'll be time for them to do bad and dangerous things yeah i i definitely agree um uh it, it's something that about it. I, I did a podcast on my old podcast. I used to do a podcast called Patriot News Podcast. We did one of our episodes. It was like back in like 2016, 2015. Is will there be a civil war in the next 10 years? And I was like, well, you know, I, I would because just that wasn't even on anyone's tongue. I was like, uh, looking at the things, the way things are going now, it was like, I definitely could see it. I started tracking these groups and everything since like 2004-ish. So I've been tracking them for like 10 years at this point. Right. You got to realize what's coming. No, for, for sure. And, and I mean, one thing's for sure, though, is, you know, if let's say we are headed for a civil war, I really do think that it won't be a long civil war. Um, you, you've seen people on the news, uh, there was that guy, you know, I forgot his name, uh, the guy who ripped the AR-15 out of that guy's hands who, uh, grabbed it from the police, the burnt out police car. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So I'm saying you, most, most of these people on the left are either not trained at all and the minute bullets start flying, they'll tuck tail and run. They're they're not they're all talk, and I don't believe. Now, not saying all of them. Um, I I do think that you'll have your stupid people, but I, I don't think it would last that long. And I really don't believe that the military will back Biden. Um, I hope not. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, if, if if Biden or the Democrats win, it will not be good for anyone. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Uh, one of the last things I wanted to show, and I can't show it. Damn it! Oh man, yeah. Oh well. Uh, in Pennsylvania, there is a huge, huge, huge uh, GOA join GOA um, billboard. Because join GOA today and have the gun owners out of Oregon. It says 60,000 PA gun owners don't vote. Register to vote and vote in November. So join GOA today and have a logo on there and everything else. Want to hear the crazy thing about it is? We didn't pay for it. We have no idea. Really? I have no idea who did it. No one told us they were going to do it. Just one of our... One of our uh, our Pennsylvania directors was driving around, and he's like, "What the hell?" He's like, "Where did this come from?" I mean, it's not bad for you guys. Saves no, you some money. But you, you would think that someone would be like, "Hey, I bought you guys a banner." Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 thinking now. Uh, you know, I'm I'm friends with um, Rachel Malone, so I, I really would like to get involved a little more. Um, I'm friends with Rachel. I know Antonio. Antonio. I know was in, in in Colorado. Yeah. You know, so I, I I'm trying to get more involved. It's just it's also not easy because I'm three hours away from the capital. Yeah. I, and I and and I'm a father of three, so it's not like little ones. Also, it's not like I can just leave drop. for a few. Yeah, I can just drop everything. Uh, 
to head out to uh, Austin once a week. You know, it's not – doesn't really – I wish it were that easy. Yeah, well, we got things for you to do. I'm sure Rachel has things for you to do. Yeah, it, it's been a while since I talked to her. I'm going to reach out to her again. Yeah, um, definitely. She's, so, uh, she's good at, a good egg. Yeah, she is. All right. Uh, anything that you want to plug before we get out of here? Um, if people want my books, they can go to Amazon. If they think my Herbie Hancock is worth 10 bucks, go to the pewpewjew.com and I will send you signed copies. I, I will, I will go there and <laughs> sign copies. All right. All right. Uh, thank you so much. Let me just do the final plugs. Once sure. again, thanks. Gun, thank gun critic and gun streamer for sponsoring this podcast. If you want my book, you can get it at crumpy.com slash giant. I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash John Crump. Every penny goes to my niece. Every penny of the book sells good to my niece. Every penny of um, my super chats go to my niece. So whatever you do, book, whatever, it's all it's all fundraising. And there's also a GoFundMe. Uh, Trumpy.com, GFM. We don't use the Go. We do use GoFundMe for people who want, but uh, it's actually cheap. It, it, we actually get more money if you do one of the other ways. Because GoFundMe kills you with processing fees. Uh, Super chats, twenty five dollars gets you a signed book. Rich, you will get yours at the IV eighty eight eighty eight shoot. Oh, that's one more thing. Are you going to the IV eighty eight eighty eight shoot in October? Uh, it's one of those things again. Most of it's on Saturday. Oh yeah, that's it, right. It, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunately the um, like when I when I travel for the NRA show, for example, I'm there Sunday and I'm there Friday, and uh, sorry Friday and Sunday. And people always ask me like, "Well, the busiest day is Saturday. Why do you even come?" I'm like, "Look, I'm, I'm I have very strong belief in my religion and my God. If I'm meant to be successful." It'll happen on a Friday or a Sunday, but I do miss out on a lot uh, because a lot of the things are on Saturday. So it is what it is, um, you know. Uh, and give out your Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is at the Pew Pew Jew. Yeah, he he puts up a lot of good content. Yeah, so yeah, I'm a follower, and you should be too. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, anytime, man. If you ever have a need for, you know, a filler again, just I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we would have you. We'll have you back in the future. Sounds good. All right, guys. Uh, right, that is it. Uh, thank you once again. I am going to play the outro video, and then we are going to get out of here. <laughs>